Welcome to Explorations of the Heart and Soul, guided meditations by Australian Zen teacher Andrew Tutel. Find out more at ordinarymind.com.au. Andrew's Zen teachings are made possible by donations from people like you. So I'm going to start with two related but contrasting poems. First is called The Niagara River by Kay Ryan. As though the river were a floor, we position our table and chairs upon it, eat and have conversation. As it moves along, we notice, as calmly as though dining room paintings were being replaced, the changing scenes along the shore. We do know, we do know this is the Niagara River, but it's hard to remember what that means. The second poem by Rio Khan. First days of spring, the sky. First days of spring, the sky is bright blue, the sun huge and warm. Everything's turning green. Carrying my monk's bowl, I walk to the village to beg for my daily meal. The children spot me at the temple gate and happily crowd around, dragging on my arms till I stop. I put my bowl on a white rock, hang my bag on a branch. First we braid grasses and play tug of war. Then we take turns singing and keeping a kickball in the air. I kick the ball and they sing, they kick and I sing. Time is forgotten, the hours fly. People passing by point at me and laugh. Why are you acting like such a fool? I nod my head and don't answer. I could say something, but why? Do you want to know what's in my heart? From the beginning of time, just this, just this. So we're here in the midst of our lives. Carving out a space where we practice just this, just this. with the practice being the realization of justice. 
where we remember intentionally where the river of our lives are heading. And through this remembering is a potentially a doorway into justice. There's full immersion in this moment. There is a particularly powerful magnet for our awareness and attention in the form of thought. That's no worries, that's just how brains and bodies are built. Might, might be useful to think of reading a book as a metaphor. The words on the page is made up of printed ink and paper. And we can Go right down to the elements that make up the book. But often we're in the realm of the story, being carried along in another world.
And when that happens, we can fully immerse ourselves in that. Fully be in the world of thought. And from time to time, you might be able to zoom out and notice that you're holding a book in your hands. Go from the world of thought to the world of the physical body and the witnessing of your own actions. Noticing that you are reading. Noticing that you are in the world of thought. And then the stories might capture your awareness and attention again. And again, that's okay. That's just what it means to be human. We generate thought. We feel emotions. We experience sensation in the body. Thinking, feeling, sensing. These three dominant experiences of our lives. And all of it is happening right now. Just this, just this.
being human involves being socialized into a particular culture at a particular time. You could say that the past hundred years or so, our culture involves comparison. As children, we enter into classrooms to be assessed in many ways. We learn that we take a test and we can be placed on a line from best to worst. We learn that there is a right way and a wrong way to answer particular questions. Years of assessment, in schooling, perhaps even in workplaces, embeds this comparative judging mind that asks, am I doing this right or not? How am I going? Here we can step outside of that whole concept, right and wrong. These are concepts that get layered on top of us as humans. cultural, social concepts. There is no right and wrong in being alive. And what is being alive? As Ria Khan says, just this, just this.
you cannot do just this wrongly or rightly. In fact, there is no doing, there is just being. So let's be together. Let's liberate ourselves from concepts of right and wrong.
this right and wrong, good and bad dichotomy. Seems to me also to extend to the world of emotions. And that there are subtle and not so subtle messages, cultural, societal messages that we should have only positive emotion. That there is something wrong when we experience anything that departs from joy, happiness, contentment, energy, excitement. And of course, being human also involves being sadness in response to sad things. Feeling angry in response to transgressions. Feeling tired feeling bored, feeling restless, feeling agitated, feeling anxious. This is part of being a full human to say we should only feel the positive is to kind of split ourselves into two saying I only want the good half, I don't want that other bad half. Perhaps instead we can liberate ourselves of this good, bad concept in this world too, in the world of emotion. Embrace our humanness, which includes the capacity for anger, sadness, agitation, boredom, restlessness, pain. course, acknowledging that it's for most people more enjoyable to be experiencing happiness, energy, excitement. We have a natural desire for those states. We don't have to judge that desire. We have a natural aversion to 
anxiety, boredom, restlessness, anger, sadness. We don't have to judge that aversion. That too becomes this full embrace of our humanness. Desire and aversion is part of being human. The invitation is to include both of those states, both of those halves into the justice, into being this moment. If there is joy and happiness and contentment being Joyful, happy, content. Fully experiencing those states. Acknowledging the desire to hold on to them, to cling on to them, to grasp after them. And those other states, tiredness, boredom, anger, sadness, restlessness, agitation. Being tired, being bored, being sad, being angry, being agitated. And acknowledging our aversion to being those things. In this way, we can fully be all the moments that involve being human, not just the attractive, pleasant states. And also being careful that this doesn't become a goal. Something that can be achieved or not achieved, something that can be done well or badly. This is the tightrope that we walk. Remembering there's no destination. Our lives are not lived to get to some end point, but rather to be experienced fully.
And life is happening here and now. So let's spend the last few minutes just being alive, being here and now, being just this moment.
before the practice principles, I'll finish with one final poem that may encourage us to have every moment matter. This is by Alan Bass, called If You Knew. What if you knew you'd be the last to touch someone? If you were taking tickets, for example, at the theatre, tearing them, giving back the ragged stubs, you might take care to touch that palm, brush your fingertips along the lifeline's crease. When a man pulls his wheeled suitcase too slowly through the airport, when the car in front of me doesn't signal, when the clerk at the pharmacy won't say thank you, I don't remember they're going to die. A friend told me she'd been with her aunt. They'd just had lunch and the waiter, a young gay man with plum black eyes, joked as he served the coffee, kissed her aunt's powdered cheek when they left. Then they walked half a block and her aunt dropped dead on the sidewalk. How close does the dragon's spume have to come? How wide does the crack in heaven have to split? What would people look like if we could see them as they are, soaked in honey, stung and swollen, reckless, pinned against time.